It's been a whirlwind lately. I, I've been a lot of places. My wife has reminded me that I, I've been going a lot of places. I've been busy and I've been hanging out and getting exposed to some different culture. Um, my actual physical body is in shock. I uh, spent a week, it was a long week in Israel. Now we have some friends that are in Israel right now. Um, one of my intercessors is in Israel hanging out probably with Donald Trump this week and that's not a joke. Um, it's pretty cool stuff, the favor of God that is on many people that are in this community. Uh, but man, my, my body's been in shock. I spent a whole week, and listen, seven days in Israel. I mean, I don't know why. Maybe I'm supposed to be in Israel. I don't know. Seven days in Haiti is like 14 days in Wahlberg. I just need to let you know. So those of you who are planning on going to Haiti, and that's not a bad thing. Time just moves. Actually, they don't even care about time in Haiti, do they? Watch? What's a watch? I'll pick you up at 10. That may mean 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But spent seven days in Haiti. Went uh, west coast just this week. We flew home early, late. I don't even know what it was yesterday. And uh, spent seven days in Haiti. Spent a few days literally in, in Los Angeles, one of the most wealthy places probably in all the world. And we spent a few hours of our week um, in this place that Pastor Bradley talked about, Skid Row. And uh, it's just, uh, it's probably the worst. I mean, I, I, I've not seen anything probably worse anywhere, even in Haiti. Some people say, well, Haiti's the poorest country in the world, but um, Haiti doesn't have heroin. And Skid Row has, you name it. And so the reason I even tell you that is, um, I'm going to give you a plug for the more weekend that's coming up very soon, June 2nd and 3rd. And I don't do this because this is out of my comfort zone. It's something that I have not done in 12 years of ministry. I've been doing this for 12 years. I've never done this. I've never pushed inviting people to church. I just never have done that. As of recent, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me and challenging me on why I believe that. Just this week, in the presence of some phenomenal leaders... The Holy Spirit started to say, Scott, I have given you something. I have given you something very special. And it's the message of the gospel. So it's not unique to me. It's not something that I went out and discovered. But Scott, I have given you something very special and it's my gospel. It's about my son Jesus and what he has done for humanity. You need to tell everybody that you know what I have given you. And so... If you're in this place and you have any role of leadership in your life, if you've sat into any leadership conversations, you know that we have a capacity. We have a lid, some people would say. And I'm just very transparently letting you know that one of my lids is being challenged as I speak. One of my lids is not trying to be um, seen by a lot of people. You've heard us say, and I try to cover up by saying we're not trying to build a big church. We're just trying to make a big impact. We're literally trying to change this community. But I just need to let you know today I am stepping out and trusting the Holy Spirit. At the fear of looking arrogant or cocky or you fill in the blank. God has given us a very powerful message and can I just tell you from this day forward or until something else happens, the Holy Spirit sends a, a fresh truth to me or he sends me to Haiti forever where there are no large churches. Your neighbors 
and your family, the people that you work with need to hear the gospel message. And if you are not going to be willing to talk to them about the gospel, I will. You see, on Skid Row, on Thursday, I think it was, Thursday afternoon, we were there from about lunchtime to about four o'clock in the afternoon. I met a lady by the name of Nancy. Pastor Bradley and I were, I don't know if we look like the craziest ones or definitely not the most in shape ones, but they put us on crowd control. What does that look like in, on Skid Row? Well, take a bunch of glitter in your hand and throw it up in the air and then try to line up the glitter. That's what it looked like there on Skid Row. And just because I know we have people of different races in this room, I just want to just point out the obvious. We were some of the only white people on Skid Row. We were on crowd control trying to organize 2,000 people, people in wheelchairs first. If you stole a wheelchair but were pushing it, you got to go first. We looked at scars. I looked at handicapped cards. I saw one lady pushing a wheelchair with two dogs in it, and she almost started a riot. So Bradley and I were on crowd control, but this one lady by the name of Nancy, the Lord led me to her. And I said, hey, can I pray for you? And she said, sure. And I said, so what's your name? I'm Nancy. I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. Hey, Nancy, what do I specifically need to be praying for you today? And she said one of the most profound things that many people, I I think I maybe have ever heard. She says, you pray for me whatever God tells you to pray for me. I said, awesome. That's awesome. I said, all right, Nancy, let's just pray. And I, I got there and I looked down at my bracelet. I don't know if you have seen any of our bracelets. We're giving them away at our more weekend. It's a, it's a bracelet that we've had made. And it's a little, I've given two of them away. I've worn two different ones and both of them I've given away. And on the bracelet, what it does is remember back in January, February, and some of March, we went through this process that I feel like God has taken me through to share with you in this community. And it starts off with your worth and your identity, your calling, your uh, us equipping you, and then the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It just has those words on there. And I looked down at my bracelet and I just started to tell Nancy how beautiful she was. Now, to the world's eyes, she was not beautiful. Probably haven't showered maybe that week. But I just started to speak encouraging things over Nancy. And I actually took my bracelet off and I handed it to her and I said, I want you to look at this thing and I want you to know that because of Jesus Christ, you are so valuable. See, there's so many people, not on Skid Row, there's so many people in Wahlberg that are just forgotten. There's so many people in Wahlberg, not Skid Row, in Wahlberg who are just depressed because they've not had anyone speaking encouragement over them. You see, Satan has corrupted our society so much that when I look at you, young lady, and tell you you are beautiful, it is corruption and you immediately are freaked out. You see, that's not how God originally created this. He created to me to be able to look at you and encourage you and remind you of your beauty. And it draws you closer to the Father instead of being freaked out. Sort of weird right now, isn't it? She's like, 
daddy. <laughs> He's right back there, hon. I picked you out because I love your daddy. He intercedes and he prays with me all the time. He knows I'm not a creeper. But you see, that's what our culture has done. So I just started speaking beauty over Nancy. I said, Nancy, has anybody told you lately how beautiful you are? Nancy, do you know how loved you are? Do you know that if I love you and I'm just a mere human being, you have no idea how much Jesus loves you. And I just walked her through my bracelet. I didn't even get past the worth and identity part. Because I'm not going to see her again probably ever in my life. I just have to trust the Holy Spirit who has never made a mistake to send someone who understands their identity and worth in Christ to equip her. And I was thinking about that interaction with Nancy there on Skid Row and why more weekend is so important. Actually, every time we gather, whether it's here on Sunday morning or whether it's Mondays. And here's the importance of you gathering in your home and you gathering in your workplace. We are speaking a foreign language. You see, that's how Nancy looked at me. Nancy and I both were speaking English, but she looked at me as I was speaking a foreign language. And you know what Holy Spirit said to me? He said, Scott, you are. Because you are speaking a language that this culture and day and age does not understand. You are not speaking a language of this culture. You're speaking a kingdom language. Hey, my friends. I listen, I'm not saying this because I want this church to be filled up. No. If you think that of me, then you don't know me. But what God has given us is the gospel message. And it is as clear as day in this thing right here. And I need you to go tell people how good Jesus has been to you. Don't make anything up. Just tell them how good Jesus has been to you. Listen, if you do not know how to tell someone how good Jesus has been to you, then he may not be a part of your life. Oh, that's so harsh, Scott. Because if you've encountered the goodness of Jesus you're going to have to go tell somebody about it. So at the end of the day, we spent just a few hours there on Skid Row. Literally, they said they were preparing enough food to serve 2,000 people. Did you catch the way I used the language right there? It's the language I need you to catch. We didn't feed 2,000 people. You feed animals, you serve people. They prepared enough food to serve 2,000 people. There were another thousand just chaotic. Remember the glitter trying to line it up everywhere. People coming and going. We were brought in in buses. We were done at the end of the day. We were lining up, getting ready to go back to our bus. And Nancy, guess who she sought out? Not Scott, but more of Jesus. Nancy came up to me and she just said, thank you so much. And you could see a difference in her countenance. Simply because for five minutes, I spoke kingdom language to her. Your households need kingdom language. 
Your workspace needs kingdom language. This community needs kingdom language. Listen, this world needs to become fluent in the kingdom language. So we're going to saturate it on Sunday mornings. That's what you're supposed to do in the South. Go to church, right? What if we set an environment where it is safe to ask the question that you've been wanting to ask for a long time? Today, for just a few minutes, we're going to talk about that. There's so many Christians in this very room who say, you guys talk about hearing God's voice all the time. You just said you prayed with Nancy and she gave you the permission to pray over her, whatever God said. Scott, how did you know what God said to you? And I don't want to see a show of hands, but I guarantee you there is a large majority of people in this room who are followers of Jesus, who would be honest with themselves and say, I've never heard God speak to me. And that's okay. But from this day forward, we're going to equip so that you will be able to hear God's voice. And you don't have to start making decisions for yourself any longer. You can stop allowing other people to influence everything you say or do. It is a possibility. It is a reality for the Father God in heaven who spoke everything into being to speak to you today. We're going to look at one just passage of scripture. It's in Luke chapter 10. We'll probably say some things that may even offend you. I'm not trying to have a wow factor. I'm not trying for shock factor. I am willing to risk offending you. I am willing to risk that for your life to forever be changed. I'm willing to risk you not liking me but you leaving this place thinking and asking questions that you've never asked yourself before. I'm willing to risk my reputation for some of you in this room for your salvation. The first question I'm just going to ask is, I believe there's some of us in this room I believe there are some of us in this room who think, listen, and again, I'm not questioning your salvation only you and God know that only you and God know your salvation but I believe what we have run into headlong here in this region is a lot of people who are thinking they're going to heaven because their grandmother or mother or father or grandfather went to church Now, I'm not going to unpack a couple of the passages of scriptures that I want to this morning. Maybe sometime in another conversation or maybe in a small group or maybe in a more Monday conversation in the near future, we'll get to talk about how Saul, who's now Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, wasn't a follower of Jesus, was killing Christians, but God spoke to him anyway. Can I tell you what that has to do with? That has to do with the divinity of God. That has to do with, listen, and again, another word, the predestination of God, his sovereignty. God had a plan for Saul, Paul, and there was nothing that Saul could do about it, okay? But I want to tell you the key for the basis of this is you must want 
a relationship with God or father or dad, whatever you call him, you must desire a relationship with God if you ever want to have a continual conversation with him. And I think the enemy knows that he has many people, many followers of Jesus just satisfied with knowing they are not going to hell. And that's where our relationship with God stops. And I'll ask this question. If we are not hearing from God, if we're not having a conversation with him where he is speaking and we are speaking, he is listening and we are listening. If we are not doing that, then who is actually telling us, guiding us in what we are doing in this life? And that's just a question you need to answer. If I am up against something and I need to know divine direction, who do I date? What job do I take? Do I move to another state? Do I put my life and my family's future on the line? Who am I asking or allowing to control? And that's a hard word. Maybe dictate where I go if we're not asking God, the Father, hey God, what do I do? If we're not asking him, then who are we asking? And the bigger question is, who are we allowing to speak into our life? Because I know that in a room with this many people, there are some very big life questions that hang in the balance. And if we're not wanting to hear from the Father, then who are you wanting to hear from? I have some answers, but I don't want to go there and give you all the answers. I know who some of you are listening to. It's just like the Facebook recommendations that have started to become a big thing. I need a plumber. Does anyone have any advice? Man, your life and your life decisions are way too important for you to just throw them out into the balance. See, that's why it is so important that we hear God speak to us. So for the next several weeks, I'm going to be talking about hearing the voice of the Father. Because I think that that is the most important thing probably in this world. See, your salvation depends on it. Because if you don't ever hear God, not listen, you don't have to hear him audibly. We're going to get to that as the weeks go by. But if you don't ever respond to him saying, I love you and Jesus, my son, died for you. If you don't ever respond to that, that has eternal implications that don't turn out well for those who don't listen. So we're going to talk about it. And this morning in Luke chapter 10, I'm just going to talk about just a few passages of scripture. I want to read this to you real quick. This is a beautiful story. 
It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha, this is familiar to most people, right? Came to a village where Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Jesus, Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. So I have a couple of questions that are going to pop up on the screen. As we journey for the next several weeks about this. I think we could talk a lifetime about hearing the voice of God. First question that's going to pop up on the screen is this. When's the last time that you actually sat down? And listened to anyone. When's the last time you actually sat down and listened to anyone? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about listening to God. But you see what our culture has done to us? When's the last time you actually sat down and listened to anyone? I am not an expert in this and I don't have a clue, but Jared back there who runs production, social media and all that is an expert. He says that we have been trained, our brains as humans have been trained to where what used to be like a three minute YouTube video, we would watch millions of them. Now we will not even click on the video to watch it. That's why they have put subtitles in every video that you watch on Facebook. It's because we don't have time to just sit there and listen to someone. I'm not even going to the direction of why our homes look like they do. But I believe that our homes look like they do because we don't have time to sit down and listen to anyone. I hope you answer that question. Because I want to tell you that if you want to start, if you want to be someone who is listening to the Father's voice, you are going to have to be okay with going counter-cultural. You cannot continue in the same vein of this world and listen for the Father's voice. But can I tell you, today, this is the equipping process. I think everyone in this room would probably have to check the box, yes, that there are some things in my life that must change as we speak. Some more questions that are going to pop up on the screen. And it's this one. Do you want to hear God speak? And I think it's a valid question that we have to answer. Do you want to hear the voice of the Father? 
Do you want to lend him your ear? Listen, you don't have to listen to everybody, do you? You know, the higher up in life and the higher your status goes, the less people you actually have to listen to. Some of you own billion dollar businesses in this room, don't you? I hope you're tithing off of that. You don't have to listen to many people, do you? I think it's a valid question. Do you want to listen? Mary and Martha, maybe one of the most told stories besides David and Goliath, probably the cross scene, maybe Peter walking on water, but this is a popular story. And this lady by the name of Mary gives us, if you want a formula or a recipe for hearing the father's voice, she gives it to us right here. You see, her sister, on the other hand, looks more like most of us. I would say most of us in this room are preoccupied. We're worrying about other things. And listen, it's not your fault. The reason that is, is because our culture has trained us to think that we have to perform. Right? I know that there are some of you in this very room that you want one plus two equals three. And I get to hear the voice of the father. Just tell me what steps to take Scott so I can hear the father. And I can't give you that. I can only tell you that I know that you being a distracted person are never going to hear the father's voice in a continual relationship with him. We're preoccupied. We're distracted. I don't want to go through the list of distractions because my list probably looks different than your list. But we've been trained. To perform. When Jesus is telling this story, Mary's formula looks something like this. That's just awkward. And it's probably very difficult for some of you in this room. It says Mary, literally, physically, he's not telling a parable. Mary physically sat at the feet of Jesus to listen to what he was saying. So when's the last time any of us, you know, have to physically sit down. But when was the last time that we intentionally quietened our existence so that we could listen to what Jesus 
and God are talking about. Mary simply sat. I need you to hear this. Even though your culture is going to bombard you with performance, presence is always better. What does that look like, Scott? I've got to go to work. I agree. You have to provide for your family. But do you have to blank at the risk of being in control of every move you make? I don't think there's a person in this room that would say, I want to control my life over God controlling my life. I want to make the decisions on my own. There's not a person in this room that would say that. And what I'm telling you this morning is it is possible to hear God speak to you and to answer you every day. But when was the last time we did this? I had somebody praying for me so I could get up. Presence always trumps what you can produce and perform. Here's what presence looks like. Presence is seemingly so passive. Presence is very powerful though. You see, what Mary was doing was very powerful because she literally got up from her space and she heard God speaking. It doesn't take much effort just to enjoy presence. It just takes you willing to be countercultural than everything that's going on around you. Back in 2005, that's when I first started pastoring a church. 2005, I was in, it was in March when I moved to Moxville and my family and I, we moved to Moxville and we were pastoring this little country church and I wasn't even a licensed minister. I wasn't even legal, if you put it in those terms. I had not preached many messages. I never knew how to lead a board meeting. I had never done a wedding. I had never done a funeral. I have never given someone communion. I really look back on it and wonder what in the world the bosses or the higher-ups were thinking by putting me at a church. In Moxville in 2005, I hadn't been at this church for just a couple of months. And I got a phone call um, one afternoon. And again, I didn't know the people all that well because I had just been there just a couple of months. I got a phone call and it was... uh, Someone telling me some pretty bad news that one of our church members, their daughter had just murdered their two young children. <laughs> you say, why are you laugh? What? God has a sense of humor. You know that, right? He knows I don't like dogs for one thing. I don't like cats either, but dogs. 
And, and on the way home from Haiti a couple of weeks ago on the plane, I literally sat beside a German shepherd. I did. I have a picture to prove it. A German shepherd sat in the seat next to me. And then, and then this week in Los Angeles, first day, where Bradley and I are just out walking. We'd gotten some coffee and we were walking by. And I mean, the sidewalk, you're on a sidewalk in an inner city, right? I mean, you, you would think, hey, you know, there wouldn't be dog poop there, right? No dog poop, surely. Who steps right in the biggest pile of it but this guy right here? God's, God's got a sense of humor. And the reason I say that, <clears throat> he's got a sense of humor. Is because he didn't allow me to have a funeral for a 97-year-old man who had given his life to Jesus at age 6 and did amazing things. And he didn't give me that funeral to start off with. You know what the very first funeral I ever did was? It was for those two young children that were murdered by their mother. That's the first funeral I ever did. Why do I tell you that story? Well, the phone rang and I got the news and... I, I don't know, I probably called my father-in-law and said, what in the world do I do about this? I don't know who I called, but whoever told me this gave me the best advice that I will ever have. I had to go over to the lady, the grandmother, who was a member of my church. I, I had to go over and see her and spend time with her. And I remember driving over there, I was like, I, mean, I, don't, I can't even preach a sermon. I don't, I've, never, I've been in ministry for two months. God, listen, I don't know what to say to her. What do I do? I don't have a clue, but I just went. And I remember I went to her house. Her name was Tanita, one of the sweetest ladies ever. I remember Huck and Tanita. And I remember just sitting in her living room. I didn't say one word. I just sat there what seemed like for an eternity, but was probably just a couple of hours. I simply sat in her presence. And from that day on, I still talked to her son. From that day on, there was a bond between not only Tanita and I, but her entire family. And it wasn't because I did something profound. It wasn't because I did something great. It wasn't because I said something or brought something to the table that made the situation better. It was simply because I sat in her presence. You, maybe for some of you, physically sitting in the presence of God. God's presence is everywhere. It's in this church. It's in those woods over there. It's in your house. His presence is everywhere. And for some of you, you're going to have to go and physically sit away from your phone And just start listening. Well, what's God's voice sound like, Scott? Can I tell you, I've never heard him audibly like this. 
God is not Morgan Freeman going to speak to you. That would be cool if it was. I prefer, I was getting ready to say, I prefer Sinead O'Connor. That'd be weird if God, it's Sean Connery whose voice I prefer. I was going to say Sinead O'Connor and that would be sort of cool. I think those people who are at the bars and hitting high on the street, they hear Sinead O'Connor in God's voice. The guy that I was standing literally this close to on Skid Row on Thursday who got butt naked was here in Sinead O'Connor. He got butt naked on Skid Row, literally not one stitch of clothes right there. And hey, guess what? That was normal. Not for Wahlberg, but I guess for Skid Row. I've never once heard God's voice this audible. So what does he sound like? Well, here's what God sounds like to me. Did you know he's going to sound different to you because you're not me? I speak to Grady, my 15-year-old, way different than I speak to my nine-year-old Lincoln. Right? If I spoke to Lincoln, my nine-year-old, like I speak to my 15-year-old, you all would be in trouble. I have to speak a little louder sometimes to Lincoln, my nine-year-old. Sometimes I can just look at my 15-year-old and things change. You see what I'm saying? So the way God speaks to me is not always going to be the way he speaks to you. But here, I wrote it down for us, and some of this is going to pop up on the screen, and we're going to unpack this over probably the next five or so weeks maybe. But when I hear God speak to me, he's always speaking truth to me and not lies. That's important for you to know. Because some of the voices that you've been listening to have been telling you lies and you've been believing them as truth. No wonder we're in the shape we're in. Why is it important to sit in the presence of the Father? It's because many of you in this very room right now need to hear truth. Some of you in this room need to hear that you're a good father. Like you're a good dad. You can do this. You are a good dad. See, some of you have been listening to it and you're like, man, I'm, just, I'm probably just a deadbeat. My dad was a deadbeat. His dad was a deadbeat. I'm just like my father. See, that's a lie. Some of you need to get into his presence and physically sit so you can hear the truth. Some of you, especially young teenagers, you need to hear how beautiful you are and how perfect you are. See, you've been listening to the lies because you've seen the lies plastered all over in your face. This is what you're supposed to look like and this is what you're supposed to wear and this is who you're supposed to date and this is who you're supposed to be. You've been listening to lies. When I hear God speak, I know it's his voice because he is always telling me the truth. God's voice is always in accordance to his word. Always in accordance to his word. God speaks to me through his word, always lining up with his word. Can I tell you what the enemy does? He tells the lies. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to bring a little bit of truth and then he wants to throw some of the world's version in on top of that. Why is it so important that you sit in the presence of the father like Mary? Because you need to be able to discern whether this is God speaking to me or the world speaking to me or the enemy speaking to me, or just me having a bad day. I don't know about you, 
But man, I sometimes have bad days because my clothes don't fit properly. That's real. I sometimes have bad days because the right person doesn't acknowledge me. You see, why in the world would I be making life decisions on my own when I am so shallow that having a pair of pants fit too tight or the right person not acknowledging me would make me make a very bad decision? See, that's why it is imperative. We know the voice of the Father and we listen to him. Because if I make the decisions, it may get messed up real quick. Oh, wait a minute. No wonder we're in the shape that we're in. Because I made some life decisions on a day that my pants didn't fit well. I mean, we can laugh and that's funny, but that's what we're facing. Now, just another real quick one. We're going to unpack these as the weeks go on. God is always going to speak life to you and not death. There's not going to be any darkness in his voice. Oh, and I'm working so hard on this one personally because the father speaks to me this way. I want to be a father who speaks this way. See, God's not only speaking to me for my benefit. Do you understand that? I know in this culture where we're me and I and self mentality, but he's not only speaking to me so I benefit, he's speaking to me so that you can benefit too. And if he is speaking so much light and life over me, then shouldn't I do the same thing? Can I just be honest, man, I'm working on that one. I don't want to be someone who sees the glass half empty. I don't want to be pessimistic. I don't want to speak death and darkness all the time. I'm tired of it. And the father always speaks to me and he always is speaking life. And then the last one, just, I'm just going to wrap up here. This is the one that we're going to hang on hardcore next week. God never speaks to my old self. Why would he speak to something that's dead? Seriously. See, but we've been listening with the ears from the dead self. You know who speaks to the dead self? Satan. He's saying, get back up, man. The enemy of the world, get back up. Get back up, dead self. Satan likes your dead self. You and him were brothers. Like, y'all are hanging. He loves your dead self. He loves who died on the cross with Jesus. He loves that person because y'all had fun together. Y'all were homies. Y'all hit the best clubs. You had the most fun. Satan is talking to your dead self saying, get up, man, I miss you. My God. And in the relationship that I have with the father, dad, he is always speaking to my new life. God is never going to speak to your dead self. Next week, we're going to break that point down a little bit more. Mary physically sat 
at the feet of Jesus. And listen to what Jesus said about this, not me. He says this, you're upset and worried about many things, Martha. Listen, listen, this is it. But only one thing is needed. Just one. Just one. Just one thing. And as I look out across this group of people, from the youngest to the oldest, you can get this one thing. From the dumbest to the smartest, you can get this one thing. Jesus said, hey, Martha, chill out. Chill out, Martha. Mary has chosen best because she chose the one thing. And the one thing was just sitting in the presence of Jesus. Scott, that's not very profound. I was hoping you were going to give me something to take away so I could go hear God's voice. I just did. I dare you to turn off your TV. I dare you. I'm not addicted to this thing, but this thing gets in my way. I dare somebody better pick up your phone. I hope it broke. Actually, I don't, because then your mom and dad are probably going to pay for it. But I dare you this week to sit in his presence physically more than you check Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, air balloon. See, I made that one up. I was just messing with y'all. I don't think anybody was paying attention. I just made billions on air balloon. Like seven of you guys went straight to the app store like air balloon. I haven't gotten that one yet. I got to get up on this thing. Air balloon, air balloon. I love you guys. I like spending time with you guys. I do. I want you to hear the father's voice. So here for just the next, well, golly, we're going to spend a couple of minutes. And I'm just going to ask him, hey, hey, God, will you please speak to us? In the name of Jesus right now, no distractions. I want you to physically feel what sitting in his presence feels like.
for the first little bit, you're going to have to fight the distractions.